Hey everyone, I'm Jeff. That's Sonny to my west. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You just feel that he's to the west. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can tell by my... Welcome to Jewel Miners. That's right. Basically, this is a hip-hop podcast dedicated to how bars connect with our lives, really. Each episode, we'll break down a track that one of us likes. Yep. So... This this week's mine, so I get the next one off, and you can pick the next one. Well, we'll probably try to keep it uh, deep cuts. Probably not do like radio stuff, but you never know. Every now and then. Next week's Miley. Yep. Uh, we're we're gonna do, like <laughs> try to. We're definitely gonna try to call out lines, rhyme schemes, and wordplay that we did because that's just kind of how we think about things and what we enjoy talking about. Uh, but anyway, no rambling about that. You can figure it out once we start doing it. So, hey, Sonny, how's it going tonight? What are you Good. up to? I uh, just tried to put the kid to bed. She uh, she hates to sleep. So now my wife's taking a turn so I could do this. <laughs> that's uh, that's life now. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's all about teamwork, right? That's and, right. Uh yeah, so you doing a stupid, shitty podcast is your favorite that you're calling in. What does That's that mean right. that you yeah. got to do for her oh, later God. in the week? Yeah, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry to put you in that situation, man. But uh, oh, Sonny and I have known each other for, what, like 10, 11 years now? Yeah, yeah. Does that make you feel old as fuck? It does. Um, yeah. Because like 10 years ago, if we decided to do this podcast, it would be like, Hey, we just spent the whole night drinking. Let's do a podcast. And now it's like, hey, we just spent the last hour trying to put my uh, one-year-old to bed. Let's do a podcast. <laughs> when did the oh, when did the iPhone come out? Well, the iPhone ten is coming out, so ten years ago. Right? So ten years ago. Yeah, the iPhone so X just came out. Were podcasts even out in two thousand six? I don't think so. I mean, yeah. So yeah. Not, not the not this um, iTunes podcast model, at least. You know, I'm sure somebody was doing like RSS feeds with their audio uh, recordings on their CB radio. Real but, uh, old school, yeah. internet shit. That's right. If we had this idea ten years ago, what I'm trying to set us up for is like, I don't know that you could actually make money off a podcast. Maybe lots of people do. I guess. Yeah, I mean, but, if you can get yeah, advertising, we, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'd be ahead of the curve, kind right. of. Right. Uh, but but anyway, yeah, that's um, it, as we didn't have the idea ten years ago, but something from ten years ago popped up in my time hop. Uh, Sonny and I used to make music. Well, I guess we still could. Let's not put right. a pin in it. Yeah. Uh, but we're we're, yeah, we're hip hop heads, and uh, you know, back in the day, I think um, I think I had the equipment. Yep. And you needed to use equipment. Yes. And you you used your relationship with my now wife uh, to basically get a mixtape recorded. Yep. A terrible one, by the way. I mean, let's not let's not sugarcoat it. That, that first one was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but basically, our friendship started with uh, you using me. Yep. Pretty much. But I will but, say uh, that that the. The mixtape that we came out with 10 years ago, which actually wasn't that bad, didn't actually start out as a mixtape we were going to make, if you remember. Um, it was supposed to be a sequel to Babylon with uh, 
Fabio Flozales out in Belgium. But yeah. he was too busy uh, smoking weed and making sandwiches. And uh, <laughs> you finally Which got him. okay. Yeah, I mean, it's great. And it, it's, it's why we love him. Um, but I was just kind of hanging out so I could learn how to how to record from you and you just got so sick of him and uh oblivion and mcd and nobody actually turning in any of their assignments on the recording that you said effort and said hey do you wanna you wanna make this you you wanna cop on this and i said yes let's do this <laughs> and that's how uh that's how black sun and jack rapper started I I even forgot that that wasn't supposed to be you and I from the start. Right. Uh, but you know, uh, that that ballooned that that, that mixtape, um, that album, whatever you want to call it, it was a mixtape. Yeah. We fucking Jack Beats. But that was like over fifteen songs long. Right? Yeah. It probably could have been trimmed down. Uh, but uh, yeah, good memories when that uh, the album cover came up in my time hop and it said 10 years ago and I sent that over to Sonny. And actually today, man, the the track list. So like the back of that <laughs> popped up printed off for that <laughs> popped up for me today. So I'll send I'll send that over to nice. you, too. Uh, but uh, maybe uh, I don't know if that exists online right now, but maybe I'll put a put a link up yeah. for people to listen to if they want and, and it was it but, was strange because it was a we did like a horror core halloween themed mixtape when neither of us would do that <laughs> individually yeah you know i think um it was it, halloween was just a, a really cool thing for us back then uh, i think that that's like fall seasons when most of the house parties like would would jump off and then uh we could uh, i don't know if you could really call them gigs but we could set up the the equipment at those parties and um you know it was a first in a string of seasons or years that pretty much any party where all of us were at including my wedding yeah uh you know we'd grab the mic and and you know do our rhymes and shit like that and it was uh it was cool, man. I mean, um, you know, this isn't about uh, this isn't about our past and stuff like that. But I think it's important to you know just let people know that uh, that's where we're coming from right. and that's where our appreciation's at. But you want to get into the song for this? Yeah, let, episode? let's do it. This is uh, this is your track, so I'll, I'll kind of let you take the lead, and I'll uh, give you my two cents. All right. Yeah. So. The the song that I chose, uh, and I didn't even know that it had a video to it, so it's like we're kind of getting away from the deep cut thing already, but I think anything by Royce the 5'9 isn't exactly, you know, top of the heat mainstream, so I feel okay doing it. But uh, the song Tabernacle is the first track off of his 2016 album Layers, and... Yeah, I just really, I really dig this song. Um, I actually only heard it recently. I kind of fell behind, um, you know, keeping up with him. I used to be really heavily into Royce. Uh, actually, you, you brought up Fabs. Fabs and I used to listen to Death is Certain all the time. And all the premiere beats on that album coupled with just Royce is like a, 
uh, I mean, his uh, his multi-syllable rhyme scheme and just like the the structure of how he puts uh, bars together. Um, it's almost like a like an like a drum machine that happens to spit out English sounding sounds, right? Yeah. Uh, and and so like I I just really have always appreciated his style. Now the the interesting thing about this song is that it's more on his storytelling side of things and is less technically sound than I think some of his other works. Uh, but some things that, that stood out to me as I was listening to it for the first time is obviously in that third verse is when I kind of like was like, oh shit, like what's that? Like run that back. Uh, when, um, you know, he's, he's going to the hospital his um his uh future wife is, was pregnant with his first kid and she's in labor and he's heading up uh the elevator and it stops a couple floors short of where he's supposed to be going and his dad's there right or his uncle uh, i think yeah was it his, his uncle yeah. yeah so his un- uncle's like his uncle's like hey they're in there and points him over and he goes in and his, his grandma's been in a car accident and she's um, she's she's slowly dying eventually. But by the time the song ends, you know, she's di- uh, she's dead. And so, like, there's this, you know, dueling emotions of like, you know, your first kid's on the way. And yet, like, a loved one is. Is dying, is leaving. Right. Yeah. And it's a really, I mean, obviously the name's Tabernacle. So it's a, it, it's a spiritual song. It's really like touching on his, uh, uh, you know, he found God in that moment. Um, something, um, something that's understandable given the circumstances. But I think the thing that stood out to me a lot was this, I was just thinking about when my wife was uh, in labor and we, we, she had a, she had a complicated labor and and it lasted a long period of time and and eventually ended in a semi-emergency C-section, right? And it was just one of this most emotion filled. And I don't just mean like, like I had so, so much heightened emotion. It was just like so many different kinds of emotion. Um, and I could only imagine if I was torn in my focus for that day. You know what I yeah. mean? Oh. Like if if it, it was I was just so wrapped up in that moment. And even though like the the thing the thing that was most stressful was like after he was born in in that surgical room and stuff like that. For the first time in my life, I was torn between like my wife who was not in a great way because obviously emergency c-section like she had gone through um you know like 14 15 hours of labor um maybe even more than that and uh you know it's one in the morning and, and we're all exhausted because we had been there since the morning before um and also it's like 20 some <laughs> hours of labor right that's crazy and yeah. and uh and, but then, you know, there's this little guy over there that, like, I, I, I don't know, but I've already got an attachment to, right? Imagine if your grandmother was yeah. dying three floors down, four floors down. Right. So you can't just focus on, on the one thing. Yeah, it's, I, yeah like that, that first verse, 
he's got the line, you know, uh, my girl was pregnant, hurdles was prevalent, and he doesn't really get into um, what that means for him. So, uh, like, as a listener, if you've been in that circumstance, like, that connection there is just whatever happened with you, right? So, like, yeah, my wife had a, her labor wasn't all that complicated, but the pregnancy was, right? Like, they were, we were having multiple issues throughout throughout the process to getting there. And um, so w- when he's talking about that, um, it just brings me right back, right back to those nine months of going to all the ultrasounds and going to the specialists and constantly being worried that, hey, you know, like, uh, what, what, what's going to happen and having the conversations about, hey, you know, if, if there's a medical emergency and she is unable to make a decision, um, you know, what's a decision we want to make together? Um, you know, and the, the other part was too, like when, when you talk about pregnancy and, and giving birth, the mom clearly, um, gets a ton of emotional support um but it's not easy on the dads either right like we we have to be that that emotional rock for the moms um and to a certain extent like the dad's uh, mental health isn't necessarily a concern like my wife was definitely concerned about me but i you know and you can call it machismo, but in, you know, in my thought, it's like, hey, don't worry about me, you know, like, you're the one that's going through all this craziness, let's, let's focus on you, so that, yeah, that first verse bring, brings a lot of that to mind, to heart. That's an interesting thought, like, I wasn't even, I guess, I was in the same mindset as you, but I wasn't even thinking it, right, I, um, I definitely was like trying to communicate, trying to, it's almost like, like if, if I made it about her, then I didn't have to deal with my own shit in a lot of ways. I don't know if you felt Mm -hmm. similar at all, but. Oh yeah, definitely. It wasn't so much about burying how I'm feeling because I didn't want to legitimize how I was feeling. It was much more like that was easier than actually like trying to sort out everything I was thinking about. Yeah. It almost felt like if I did sort out what I was thinking about, like what's the, I'm not there to, to reach a higher plane of understanding. (laughs) Uh, Right. You know, we were there to get a job done and my job was, was cheerleader. That's an interesting point that you make. Uh, some bars that stood out for me just from like, again, it's Royce and, mm-hmm. you know, most of it, there's not a ton of wordplay in here, uh, but, uh, which was surprising because even, even when he's telling his story, I just assumed, um, having listened to a lot of his work before that he always finds a way to, to put in, to put in couplets that you have to re-listen to and be like, what the hell is he talking about? And you don't necessarily get the point until like four couplets later when, you know, he's got an explanation through another rhyme scheme. And it's like, oh, that was, that was crazy. 
Um, and that's not really the case. And I guess I know he's focusing on, on the storytelling a lot in this, but I was still surprised there wasn't more of the kind of the patented Royce, um, you know, wordplay and uh, style there. Yeah, you know, I think his style flashes the most in the first verse. Uh, yep. Especially, like, uh, the first half of that verse, when he's like, like, I'm standing in front of a tabernacle, I promise not to lie, not one of these verses. I started out as a battle rapper, all I knew was Max L's, ADATs, DATs, and GATs. My name is Ryan Daniel Montgomery, recovering alcoholic, I grew up a nine mile. I'm not a gangster drug dealer or... <laughs> just Dog. an MC who made a name with his rhyme yeah. style, you know. Like, like I really yeah. like how he was stretching out. Um, uh, it's something I, I really appreciate, especially at the start of verses, where you are kind of taking, um, uh, you're stretching out the bars over, um, uh, you know, over two lines. So, like, right. uh, that tabernacle. Um, even the battle rapper Max Els, mm-hmm. um, Daniel uh, Ryan Daniel. Um, I grew up on Nine Mile. Um, just like rhyme style, like it, just how right. he's calling out, and but he's he's kind of like um, you know laying back and and winding up before the second half of that verse. He really starts punching. Um, and and well, I, he's not he's not relying on you know A B A B rhyme schemes like a lot of. A lot of rappers do, even even good ones. Like a lot of them, just you know, rely on yeah, couplets very heavily, and he doesn't necessarily always feel the need to do that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So like, and it's kind of interesting. Um, the deeper he gets into the story, I feel the more he strays from that kind of hopscotching um, ar- ar- right. around the pocket there. Like he's not. He he's not ever really like just in pocket hammering stuff home in this in this song, but I really like how he kind of just uh, grows a vine around, uh, you know, with uh, kind of that, like I said, hopscotching back and forth. Right. The and then something that just stood out to me, and I don't even know, you know, it's not I mean, it's not really that significant, but in mid third verse he says, "I'm like, man, what." I'm having a baby floor floors up before I froze up. I'm trying to figure out why the Lord chores us. So like, just like the way that, um, that, that, that does get real punchy. And I kind of just dug that. Um, what's kind of funny is immediately after that, I, I hear the, the recording change a little bit, just like the tone of his voice and stuff. And so I, I almost wonder if that's a punch in. Um, where he went oh. back, it went back and redid it. Not that that, that matters. The the best, right. the best do punch ins, right? It's just kind of interesting. Not hove, right? Hearing hear, what? Oh yeah, yeah. I said not hove. Yeah, well, um, yeah, hove can't really call himself uh, the best since uh, Black Album. So that'll be That's that'll true. be a story for another day. Yeah, uh, but it, it's cool to hear. I I really. As someone who's put a song together and recorded songs uh, and, and loves doing that kind of work, uh, I really appreciated hearing like relics of the studio process in there. And yeah. it could be totally off. Like you could go back and, and, and hear him 
if, if we got him on here talking about this, he'd be like, no, fuck that. I, I did that all in one take. <laughs> I don't punch him. Yeah, you one know, take. It's like, okay, whatever. I just heard some yeah. sort of an artifact. Maybe it was an overdub or right. something like that that made me think that um, the, the recording. Heck, if it's not a punch and it's out. even uh, – if it's not a punch and it's even more impressive that he was able to change his tone um, and, and the emotion with which he was uh, rapping without – doing a punch in to go from uh to go from such a in pocket um you know first half to kind of flowing out a little bit yeah 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 so you know that's that's what i dug out of there uh any uh any standout bars for you i know you mentioned yeah. the one earlier uh in the first right verse. like I, I had a couple but it's like the first in the first verse um kind of getting away from the emotion a little bit but you know, so he's got the line, I'm not a gangster, drug dealer, or thug. Just an MC who made a name with his rhyme style. To me, listening to that, I was like, oh, because especially if you listen to his mixtapes, especially if you listen to Bar Exam a lot. Um, and I know, like, every rapper in the world does this, right? Like, you portray yourself as a gangster. You, you know, you portray yourself as somebody that's willing to, uh, you know, do gun battle in the streets to protect your name, to protect your crew. But in this moment of honesty, he's like, yeah, that's all BS just for the sake of a song. Because that's the culture, right? Like, that's that's hip-hop, that's that's rapping, especially him, since he started out as a battle rapper. Um, portraying yourself as harder than you actually are is all a name of the game. Um, but very few rappers put it out there, right? Like, the, the, that line almost seems like an admission of... Um, yeah, listen, all that stuff I said in the past, like that's just, or stuff that I'm going to say again later in this album. Um, it's, it's just, it's just song. This, this is where I'm being real. Um, and what I am is just an MC with a killer, killer style. Um, so that admission was really interesting to me. You know, it, immediately after that, then he goes into everything about how, like, that uh you know just an mc followed him around right right like he's he's going to college to make his mom happy and i actually kind of like not that you went to college to make your mom happy but like there was times i know like talking with you that it was like fuck college <laughs> yeah like like this this shit's just not for me i'm just gonna go you know whatever so like i i really right it's weird even before we knew we were going to do this podcast like i thought of you specifically when he was uh when he was talking about that but like he'd get off at the bus stop and uh dudes would be freestyling right like across the mm -hmm. street and for him it was always a steady gaze on you know i'm i'm going and i'm doing this for now like anything is like anything he's doing except being an MC is just like for now. Right. But an MC is who he is. So even if like I take this line as even if he got into any of that stuff, which I don't think he's saying that uh, he didn't do any of that, that he was away from all that. Right. And he definitely he definitely could be. And you definitely could read that as this, that, you know, he's just an MC. But he, you could also read it as, hey, you know, I'm not this and I'm not that, even if even if I'm wrapped up in it. 
at the end of the day, I'm just an MC, and that's what really defines me, and that's what motivates me, and that's that's yeah. where I'm going. That's the common thread in this narrative. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's definitely an interesting way of looking at that, and um, kind of if you listen to a lot of the other stuff, that 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 probably makes a lot of sense, um, because he openly talks about being. Um, into dealing drugs and you know being a gangster but again it's it's tough to unless you know the person especially in hip-hop right because everybody talks about Mm -hmm. being a gangster when 99 percent of these guys um you know have never been that right like so many of these guys are like um performing arts kids (laughs) that are just really good at rapping and but they know that that's not going to get them a record deal and that's not going to sell albums so yeah you, you know, know it, in, in this weird twisted way they appropriate their own culture and kind of feed into the stereotype that's interesting you say that like do you feel like do you feel like that's wrong in, in some ways like I, like the undertone in your voice makes me feel like like you can't you can't stray too far from who you actually are in hip hop. And that's, I mean, yeah. it, like, uh, in all honesty, like, yeah, that's kind of like the code, right? Right. I, I, th- I think, I think for a lot of guys to break in, it's kind of like, well, I got to do whatever I got to do to break in. Um, and if that means, you know, kind of selling myself out to do this, to portray myself as this, it's what I got to do. And I can't necessarily blame a guy for doing that. Um, but if you are somebody that's then made it, um, you don't need to keep, you know, you don't need to keep doing that. You don't need to keep pushing that narrative. You've made it. People love you. Um, you can change it up. Like you look at a guy like Pitbull. Um, I think a lot of people forget that when he was a nobody, he was like this really hardcore gangster rapper out of Miami. Um, and then once he made it, he's like, yeah, that's not really who I am, man. Like I'm the guy that's all about positivity and energy and wearing really tight pants with driving gloves <laughs> and, and just dancing and partying and making more money than anybody's ever seen. Um, and like he, the, I think he's an awful, awful rapper, but you know, he is, he's himself. He's not pretending to be something he's not right. Like he's just this, uh ball of energy that's just jet setting around the world putting on uh you know incredible performances um and i think once you make it you kind of owe it to yourself to be yourself and if that's a if that's a guy that went to you know um performing arts school like be that like don't don't push a narrative that's not true to yourself because i think at the end you know if you look at if you look at hip hop, like from late eighties, early nineties, like it was so much of the narrative, like especially guys like Rock Kim and Public Enemy was pushing was about being genuine, true selves, right? Like Tribe Called Quest, like these these guys were pushing, um, you know, black power in terms of being authentic selves, and uh, somewhere along the line, uh, hip hop in general kind of got away from that. Yeah, you know, though, I think that there's a history of being like, you know, gang, gang adjacent. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, like, like, uh, like Kendrick. Kendrick's like gang adjacent, right? Yes. Uh, um. Uh. You know, even like, like, go, go as far back as Tupac, right? Like, like, he's he's in the uh, he's in the scene. He's seeing stuff, but like, even even he's he's self reported that like he didn't have a record until uh until he made a record right right yeah um and so like a lot of these guys and 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 that's a great example of a dude that uh you know went to art school like right uh, had a lot of uh you know background went, in that he, he went to a performing arts school with uh the wayne's brothers with like the marlon wayne's, wayne's yeah marlon wayne's tales the these- baltimore school yeah, like the, he tells these incredible, like I've heard him do radio interviews and he tells these like amazing stories of hanging out with Pac in like high school. Um, and just like what, like, uh, just a nice, genuine, funny kid Pac was. Uh, and you can like see that, that right? I, yeah. I, I, my, I guess my point is like, I don't necessarily think. It's selling out, and as a matter of fact, I'd go even further. You've got to speak for more than yourself when you come from where uh, these guys come from, and you have this responsibility to kind of um, utilize the art form as a, um, you know, like a, a spotlight on on shit that's going on. I mean, there's definitely a place in the culture for. Um, embellishing on a party front, right? Like, right. like talking about that you have more than what you actually have, and that you're out there flaunting stuff, because um, that's it, it. It is the art form of excess, and that yes. sells records. Uh, that makes for for dope ass videos with a lot of a lot of shit going on. But mm-hmm. I also think it's like embellishing on a social front, and like like I'll go back to Kendrick, like. Good Kid, Mad City is an album about him being adjacent to the shit that's going on and and right. seeing this stuff. Um, but yet, sometimes he takes on that first person uh, voice and will actually back that up. I'll, most of the time, he takes yeah. on first person voice and it's not his story. But those other right. dudes aren't able to tell the story like he's able to tell it. So, like, I don't... I don't see that as uh, disingenuous at all, and I don't think you're necessarily saying that either. But I think it, it's right. more than um, like uh, it's more than flat out lying. It's more more than like like uh, being fake to sell records, right? Right. Yeah. No, I I, I agree with that. Anyway, we just tipped uh, thirty minutes. We're gonna try to keep that shorter in yeah. our future episodes, but. The first episode, we we had to give you a little bit of background on uh, who these two assholes are. So, um, <laughs> you have any idea what you want to pick for the next cast, or are we gonna, are we gonna um, figure that out I don't once know. we get there? I, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna figure that out um, probably in the next week or so. Here, listen to. Some, I've been. I, I I kind of know what I want to do. Um, I've been listening to this Public Enemy mixtape. Um, a recent mixtape. Ah, all right. Um, a lot, yeah. And there's actually there's a track on there, and I'm I can't remember what it's called right now. Um, I got it on my. That's a uh, tease, man. 
That's a good yeah, one. That's right. There Just we go. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna do a radio tease. We're gonna we're gonna talk about a public enemy mixtape track. All right. Well, until then, you be safe, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Cool. Be easy. <laughs>